And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver-assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to Talk of the Toon, a Newcastle United podcast. My name is Will, and as usual, I'm joined by my good pals and co-hosts, Hodgy and Gray. Yeah, right, lads? Good. All right, pal. All right. Uh, yeah, not too bad. Recording on a Sunday. The weekend is a long and distant memory already. <laughs> R.I.P. What have you been up to this weekend, Hodgy? Not too much, to be fair. It's been quite chill. Okay. Well, yeah, we'll move on swiftly. <laughs> <laughs> Gray, what have you been up to? I've been in Leeds eating some very nice food. Bit of an oxymoron, that, isn't it? What, eating good food in Leeds? Yeah. Yeah, we went to a, a good restaurant called Man Behind the Curtain last night, which is my birthday present from my wife, Steph. It's a bit late, isn't it? Last year, so yeah, cashed that in. Just nine months late? Yeah. Or early. <laughs> yeah. Depends which way you look at it. <laughs> Probably the way Steph's looking at it. Yeah, it's your early birthday present. Sure, sure thing. <laughs> well, yeah, very uneventful weekend for me as well. But a nice chilled one, because I'm away next weekend. Oh yeah, I should probably mention that. We'll find a way to record. Right, before we get into it, important question to start us off, as always. Grey, in light of a zombie apocalypse, which one person from history would you like to be on your team? Oh, look at that question, eh? <laughs> Someone's been scouring the internet for icebreakers. <laughs> <laughs> they could still be alive. Doesn't necessarily mean they have to be deed, just someone. They have to be a real-life person. They can't be a fictional character. Can I just hear, if it was a fictional character, who it would have been? Do you even have one? Was there any... No, was there I'm, even I'm, trying to, yeah, I'm, trying, I'm, I'm, I'm trying, trying to think. They have to be a real person. <laughs> My goodness me. This is why I should go to Hodge first every time. Yeah, that, what type of question is that? Good one, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> Give me the full title again, just so I can enjoy it. One more time. <laughs> in a basically in a zombie apocalypse, which one person from history, could be dead or alive, would you like to be on your team? Yeah, I've got one. Alternatively, Gray, what's your favourite day of the week? Bastard. <laughs> 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 uh, right, how are Gray? Quick game's a good game. Jackie Chan or someone like that. Because <laughs> <laughs> one, I think. <laughs> He'd be great crack, and two, he'd be pretty good at fighting off some zombies, so yeah. You know he's a movie star, right? Oh, God. It doesn't matter. Like, he, he does all his own stunts, so he'll be right, good okay. at it, yeah. 
We're going to have to clip this one up, I think. In the event of a zombie apocalypse, Grey would like Jackie Chan on his team. Yeah. Excellent. Why not? Right. <laughs> Jackie Chan. Um, right, Hodge. <laughs> Who are you going to go for? Brad Pitt. <laughs> Oh god, you gotta have someone who's gonna be good at either fighting, like all these fucking zombies off, or someone who's really good at survival. Yeah. So I mean, if you took Bear Grylls with you, just be end up drinking his piss all the time. (laughs) You gonna take Bear Grylls so you can drink his piss? (laughs) No, I'm saying that's what that's what would end up happening if you took him. He'd be good at survival shit. Oh no, someone who's good at like killing things. Uh, Genghis Khan probably. He'd just run amok, wouldn't he? That's not too bad, actually. So at the minute, we've got two very different ends of the spectrum. We've got Jackie Chan and Genghis Khan. <laughs> Hodge, mine was actually along the same thought process as your initial point. So I initially had Bear Grylls, but again, that man drinks too much of his own piss to really yeah. be of use to anyone. So I'll go for an old school one. I'm going to go for Ray Mears. Ray Mears. <laughs> Ray Mears. Can you imagine? Have some good crack with Ray Mears, I oh, Making God. fires with sticks. Yeah, <laughs> me and Ramiers tech. <laughs> <laughs> Ramiers. I'd fancy Jackie Chan over Ramiers, like. Well, in a fight, yeah. He kind of make you a fire in a pie eating competition, though. Ramiers. <laughs> you two have gone about this all wrong, especially Gray, who went Jackie Chan. Oh, good grief! Great, very, very, very <laughs> odd selection of people there. <laughs> Anyway, that's, that. that's five minutes nearly wasted already. Uh, we, should probably, we should probably get into the football. So plenty to we talk about to. today. Uh, unfortunately so, uh, as per our commitment to recording after every single match, since we've done that, we've not been very good. <laughs> so again, I feel like we're a bit of an omen. But yes, yesterday we played Man City away at the Empty Had and unfortunately came away from that 2-0 losers. We are a bunch of losers now, aren't we? But plenty to talk about, lots of events on and off the pitch, lots of changes to the team, lots of change potentially needed to the team, stuff happening off the pitch. Amanda Staveley's been quite prevalent in the news the minute she was at a Financial Times conference, I think, talking about multi-club models, whatever the hell they are. I'm sure Gray will be able to explain those to us at some point, very slowly and very monotonely. We've got people like Ryan Fraser being delegated to the under-21, so yeah, plenty to talk about, quite an eventful week. But just to get us off to a really positive start, Hodge, what is the Man United score right now? I think it finished 7-0, I think. 7-0 to Liverpool. Wow. Uh, yes, it did. Well, bittersweet pill, but that served you right. <laughs> I don't know why they couldn't have played like that last week when we were in the League Cup final, but there we go. Right, let's get into it. So Man City, again, we continue our relatively poor run of form. So in the league, that's 2-2-0s on the bounce. In all competitions, that's three two nils on the bounce. Had to think about that one there. Really not the right run of form, is it, Hodge? Nah, it's a complete flip of what we were experiencing earlier in the season. I think it's a mixture of rubber the green, people that have probably played to their limits and are just having a bit of a bad time. I don't really know how else to kind of explain how we are so bad compared to how we were doing earlier in the season, really. Well, that's a funny one, actually, isn't it? Because... I've been reading a lot, journalists after the game, people like Adam Pearson from Our Sins. A lot of people saying that we actually played very well on the day, but we all know that we're having a real problem scoring goals. Great. On balance, the performance, do you think we deserve to lose 2-0? Obviously, we're not being very clinical up front, but lots of people saying that we actually played quite well. 
yeah, we're certainly playing good football. We're actually dominating a lot of possession in these games, which is unheard of if you look over the last few years. You know, we've got a change of coach, owners, that sort of thing. But it's actually just good to see us actually playing on the front foot. And Pep came out and said that we dominated vast portions of the game yesterday. And for a manager of his caliber to come out and say that, we've got to take it as a compliment and we just need to be more clinical in front of goal, which is a huge concern at the minute. Uh, I'm not too worried about shipping goals, but... Do you think there's an element of Pep being magnanimous in victory? It's easy to say when you've won 2-0. It is, but he's, he's spoken very highly of us throughout the season. He's a fair bloke. He seems to give credit where it's due. I'm, I'm still super positive we're always going to go through a run like this. It's, we've got 38 games in a season and the train is going to stop at some point. But I'm, I'm still really happy with the way we're playing and goals will come. It's just one of those things. And you see strikers go through bad runs of form and once they get one, they get a few. So yeah, fingers crossed it turns around soon. Pep better get his grubby little hands off Bruno, trying to tap him up there in the end. <laughs> Wasn't happy with that. On that point though, strikers go through bad runs of form. I think that's something like one game in 13 goals for Callum Wilson. Hodge, do you think Howe was right to start him from the beginning or would you prefer to have seen Isaac start up front? I would have preferred to see Isaac, I think. Just because with Wilson, in the last couple of games where he has started, he, he just hasn't really been like kind of firing. And I think Isaac, when he has been put on, he's been very much more direct and he's been linking very well with some of our players, a bit better than what Wilson has been. Wilson on his day, I think, can be a really good player. It's just he's obviously struggling a little bit, so I don't necessarily think him having 70 minutes all the time is going to help. I think potentially putting Isaac on and getting him to run most of the show and then put Wilson on towards the end where he can use all of his energy in 20 minutes rather than trying to game manage his time and see out the kind of the whole game or potentially the whole game. Isaac probably deserves a start as well for the next game. I think it's just time that we do shake it up slightly. Yeah, I think a good point. And then on reflection, I think I probably would have seen Isaac start over Wilson for that game. Yeah, you can't really be allowing long goal droughts like that in the Premier League, especially for our number nine. I don't know whether he needs a break or he just needs something to to galvanise him and maybe some time on the bench watching Isaac put in performances on the pitch might spark him into action. Or as you've said, he might be a good impact player who comes on or the third option is like we did against, I can't remember now, who maybe Fulham, when we played the two of them up front together and they combined to get the winning goal. I can't remember who that was against, actually. Isaac got the goal quite late on. Was it Palace? Could well have been. Was it where he skins him on the on Yeah, the line? on the, yeah, on the, the wing. Palace. Yeah, so I think on reflection, Isaac should be starting the next game and it was a shame to not see him and Maxi probably start that last game, given how relatively poor Anthony Gordon was on the day. Just on that one, there's obviously been a bit of back and forth on social media, fan opinions, etc., etc. ASM's been playing really well, but we're all very excited to see Gordon make his first start. Do you think it was the right choice on reflection, or would you have put Maxi in from the start, given his last couple of performances? I think it's extremely harsh <laughs> to drop Maxi after, like you say, his, his performances against Liverpool and Man United last week. I may have slated him a little bit, but for me, it wasn't his fault last week. And I think he said he's a, he's a big game player. He likes to show up against these oppositions. And actually, it gives us a different approach in like he takes a game to teams. And yeah, he may be a little bit wayward with his passing, but on his day, he's, he's class. But I mean, at the same time, though, I was, I was super excited to see Gordon get a start. But yeah, it was a bit 
bittersweet at the expense of Maxi. <laughs> it, it really felt that way. And I didn't get to see all the game, unfortunately, but various moments, which look, Gordon looked really good, moments he cut inside, made, made himself loads of space. I think quite early on, he was one-on-one and managed to kick the ball with his wrong foot <laughs> when he was trying to have a shot and goal. And yeah, mm. just, just little moments like that. I think summed our day up pretty well yesterday, just moments of opportunities, just very poorly executed. Squandered. Excited to see Gordon get a start, but super, super harsh on Maxi. And for me, I would have liked to see him start yesterday. And our original point, obviously lots of people saying that we performed really well and we're unlucky not to score. You make your own luck. Wilson, Joe Linton and Anthony Gordon all had golden opportunities to score. Wilson potentially the pick of the bunch when he's about six yards out and scuffs his shot. And then Joe Linton in a very similar position. Hodge, should we be putting those away? Really? Premier League footballers, the form we've been in this year. How are we not scoring those? Especially Wilson and Joe Linton not to even hit the target is pretty shocking. Gordon can potentially be let off slightly because he was running at pretty much full tilt and he yeah. had a player right on him. So like he's, he's obviously under pressure to try and get it away and, and hitting a ball like that running at speed is a hard skill to execute. But Joe Linton's one for me was the worst. That was the pick of the bunch in, in terms of what should have been scored. I don't know what it is. I just don't know if it's confidence in front of goal or if we're not doing enough to rectify that in training. Like, Well, Joe Linton's always had this side to him, hasn't he? Yeah. I mean, kind of finish with shit. Yeah, even as recently as the Southampton semi-final, where he missed an open goal, did obviously redeem himself and and score against Southampton. But mm. I mean, Callum Wilson, a man of his caliber, for me, his was the better opportunity, and his was the one I was more disappointed in. Gray, did you see that? I mean, what were your thoughts? Callum Wilson is inexcusable, really. It was a great spot by Trippier. I think did he square it across the box of his head? Yeah, flashed it in. Yeah, it's around the penalty spot. And Wilson just pulled away from his man really, really well, made himself a ton of space. And yeah, I think he just snatched at it. A striker of his caliber, I think we'd expect him to score that 99 times out of 100. And yeah, just I think given the form he's in, he's obviously a little bit low on morale, like we were saying. And he just needs that goal or maybe to have a little break and just not to have so much pressure put on him. Because I think the longer the spell continues, the more and more pressure that's going to be put on his shoulders to score that goal. A feel for the bloke, but the position we're in against a team like City, we can't afford to miss those chances. Mm. Circling back quickly to Joe Linton Hodge, obviously he picked up his 10th booking of the season, which means he now misses our upcoming games against Wolves and Notts Forest. I mean, there was a sense of inevitability there, wasn't there? How came out and said that, but that he was still frustrated. Is there a good time if there was a sense of inevitability or? these next two games, is Joe Linton going to be a big miss? It's a bad time, I think, because these next two games against Wolves and Forest are two games that we should really be going in thinking we're going to bag all three points, or six in total. Missing him is going to be huge because his work rate has been fantastic, his tackling has been great, Like his, mm. even his passing like ability has really taken off. So yeah, it's going to be hard. It's going to be interesting to see how Eddie plays it, but I think he prefers to... T- have like Elliot Anderson as a centre mid, which just in my mind just does not work. Like I think he's a much better winger. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see who he starts, how he tinkers. Basically, it needs to be a bit of a shakeup, and now is the time to do it with Joe out. I mean, it's now or never, really. The table's looking increasingly tight, but Fulham have then got a game coming up against Brentford, so they're on thirty nine points. We're on forty one. 
that's going to make it incredibly tight between that five, six, seven, eighth position in the league. Yeah. I mean, Joe Linton dropping out means there's a danger it might be Elliot Anderson, but it's probably more than likely that it's going to be Willock, Bruno and Longstaff. I think so. I think that's probably the way to go, but I also think that Miggy should be dropped. I don't think Miggy's been anywhere near as good as he has been at the start of the season. Interesting. His passing just wasn't there yesterday. His running with the ball, I just don't think he was the best on field yesterday. He's offside all the time. It's so annoying. <laughs> it is, man. It's like Papi Cissé 2.0, man. He's always offside. <laughs> Top three next week should be ASM on the left, Isaac through the middle, and then Gordon should be starting on the right-hand side, I think, for me. Yeah, I think Miggy needs a bit of a rest. Again, he's been on a bit of a goal drought. We want first half of the season Miggy back pre-World Cup. Miggy would be great, please and thanks. Another option on the right-hand side, though, and I was really impressed when he came on because he put a couple of really dangerous balls into the box and has been good at breaking up play as well, is Jacob Murphy. Yeah. Gray, has Jacob Murphy impressed you in the last few games? Has he got a bit of a, a sniff at a starting position? I know Eddie Howe likes to play him the last 20 minutes or so, but has he got a shoe in or is he going to be behind those front three? I mean, he's certainly doing himself a lot of favours the way he's playing and... He might be looking at the team and thinking, actually, yeah, there's, there's a really good opportunity here for me to make a difference. And he does make that impact coming off the bench. Where we are, we got two really big games coming up, ideally six points, especially mm. against Wolves, who uh, did us a favour the other day beating Spurs. But I'm not too sure if I would start him because I think he can be a bit headless at times, not a lot between the ears, but he does have moments of quality. And the cross he put in late on yesterday was just phenomenal and he's got those moments of magic he just seems to love football he seems to be like Miggy so yeah why why not give him a run out but maybe not against Wolves maybe more against Forest for me yeah I've been quite impressed with him I rate his energy and I rate what he's done in the last few games but as you say is his role being that impact player coming from the bench potentially but in terms of the next games, I mean, I'd like to see him in contention. Regardless, Miggy, I agree with Hodge, I think probably should be dropped to the bench. Try something different. What we're doing at the minute isn't working, so let's change it up. We've got to. As you say, these are two big games and two big opportunities to get points. I don't think any of us realistically went into the last two games thinking we'd get anything from them. If we were, we've been a little optimistic. But these are games where we can go and get points, especially at home against Wolves. So for me, yeah, I think Maxi right starts on the left, Gordon on the right, Isaac up front. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
we've not even got onto the defence yet. Uh, <laughs> obviously, we were we were forced into a few changes going into the Man City game. Fabian Scher picked up a knock. I think it was a bump to the head in the Man United game. So he dropped out. Lascelles came in and I thought was very good. Were you impressed with Jamal Lascelles coming back in, Hodge? Yeah, I, I think he played well. I think uh, he could have had better decision than what boots he was going to wear because he was like, looks like oh, he was yeah, playing he was. on ice at some point. <laughs> but yeah, I think he, I think he had a solid game. I mean, he pretty much nullified Haaland, didn't he? He did, put yeah. the big man on the big man. Basically, I think was was the uh, was the call for the day. I just want to pop in a point though. There, like Shaw obviously had a bump to the head, and I don't think he really recovered it during the game. Like it just makes again another point to have some sort of head injury. Uh, substitution concussion sub or something yeah they have the concussion sub but it's just used extremely poorly and mm. there's been so many times this season I didn't even know they had it yeah so you're allowed to make the five subs but if one of them's a head injury you're allowed to make an additional one right okay but they've got to be like concussed and that's where you've seen quite a few times players have played on for the next two or three minutes and then have actually gone down again and then get subbed off Mm. For me, that's just fundamentally wrong. If a player's gone cursed, they should not continue playing. It happens in rugby. I think you should be allowed to have a replacement while they're having a check. Yeah, I think that's probably Hodgie's historical concussion kicking in there, forgetting that we do actually have concussion subs. <laughs> so yeah, Lascelles came in and did a really good job, showed things up at the back. It's just a shame that we weren't at full kind of strength because we have been so good in defending. I think Man City just took the chance as well. And again, we just find it a struggle, but... The whole kind of defence yesterday was canny as a whole. I think Dan Byrne again has just been showed up that he can't play against a real talent in people like Foden. And then obviously he just got spun in circles by uh, Anthony against Anthony, uh, Man yeah. United. So yeah, I think it might be time to see what target can do because he's very consistent, but also can get forward and make that overlap and run that we've made points of in the last two or three episodes. I totally agree. I think I've been calling this for a few weeks now. Target came on for a very short cameo appearance, but that's some minutes, which I think probably bodes well for him getting a start against Wolves in the next game. But just quickly, uh, one on Lascelles. Obviously, Lascelles coming at the team adds to our height at the back. And one thing I noticed yesterday really distinctly was not our lack of threat, but our lack of outcome from set pieces. We have all the tools needed We've got Kieran Trippier, who supposedly has a world-class delivery, world-class right foot. You've got six foot seven Dan Byrne. You've got like six foot five Sven Botman. You've got the absolute man mountain that is Jamal Lascelles. But we're failing to convert from set pieces yet again. We're getting all these opportunities, but we're not scoring from them. We're being really wasteful. I think that's really starting to show for us. I looked into this after the game and found an article on The Athletic. I think this was before the Man City game, but at that point we had created 130 shots from set pieces at an XG of 12.32, which was the highest in the Premier League, yet we've only scored six goals. It then was set, went on to say it would help if Fabian share one goal from 3.03 XG, Dan Byrne zero goals from 1.06 XG, and Sven Botman zero goals from 0.92 XG started contributing from time to time. Do we think there's a fundamental problem finishing these set pieces, Gray? Yes, let's put it bluntly. I think the number of times we are clearly winning headers, but those headers just seem to fall to nothing, usually either safely into the hands of a goalkeeper or just float over the bar or wide or, yeah, it's just so frustrating to see. And that's actually really interesting to know that, yeah, we've created 130 chances. That was before the Man City game. So there's even more now. I mean, one thing which really stood out 
for me at the cup final was how poor Trippier's deliveries actually looked. On his day, he puts in a hell of a ball. He's clearly got a cracking free kick on him. But there are moments where he struggles to beat the first man and it's frustrating, to be honest. You look at the player who's winning all our headers at corners and it's Fabian Scher. So whether we're using Botman and Byrne as more of like distractions because of their height, I don't know. You're right, actually, because Fabian Scher has the highest XG of the three of them, 3.03 XG, which is crazy. Yeah, I mean, he's had enough practice this season to start hitting the target. I never played football to a high level, but at school we were always taught to head the ball down. (laughs) So uh, that seems to have been... uh, Missed. I'm not telling Eddie how high to coach or anything like that. I was going to say, <laughs> if they need a new heading coach, I think Gray's available. Yeah, just just head it head it into the floor. Like you never know what's going to happen. Just head it into the floor. Yeah. Fuck. That's the trick. Uh, yeah. Really, really wasteful. I don't know what you can necessarily do to improve that Hodge. I mean, what are your thoughts? We have to take in consideration that our headed goals from corners, or goals that just come from corners anyway, only equivalent to 13% of all goals scored in the Premier League over the last five years. I know, but I'd like to see how low our percentages are. Yeah, probably, yeah. But it's a lower stat because it is hard. It's a hard skill. It takes more than one thing. If you're running through on goal, you've got yourself and the, the keeper to beat most times out and on. With a corner, it's got to be a delivery and also you timing the run well and you're also against the defender who is probably trying to block your run anyway. So I'm not super concerned. Just in our normal gameplay, we could improve so much more on our finishing anyway. So I think just as an all-round, it's a bit of a shit show at the minute. Something needs to change. Yeah, I can't lie. I'm getting a bit frustrated hearing that we've played well. It's like, if we played well, we'd be finishing these chances, we'd be scoring goals, and we'd be winning games. So, Are we being too greedy? Given where we've been in the last few years, probably need to give my head a bit of a little wobble. But they've set expectations very high so far. So I don't know. It's just very frustrating to be doing everything else apparently well but then not doing what really makes football games, which is scoring goals. So love Callum Wilson. I think he's been a great servant and he is a proven goal scorer. Got a great record, but let's give him a bit of a break. Let's bring in the young blood, our record signing, and let's play a different team and change things up a little bit. Gray? We're going through a really frustrating period. We're not scoring the goals we'd like to, but we've got to take the positives and we've got to keep supporting our team. Are you insinuating that I do not support our football team? No, not not at all. I just think I'm I'm <laughs> just trying to <laughs> trying trying to remain positive and just think like you look at back at where we were last year. We were scrapping to get out of the relegation zone, and we managed to do that. We managed to carry that form into this year. Had an incredible start, and we were bound to hit a bumpy path. I think teams are starting to figure us out as well, and I'm still really positive that we are literally missing one piece of that jigsaw yes it's a super important piece of the jigsaw but it'll come and we like Hodgie said last week we're ahead of plan I really feel for Carl Wilson because he seems to be getting a hell of a lot of stick and the amount of it not abuse but just people just so just sighing and things like that when he was touching the ball no put it away start cheering him encourage him let's get behind him cheer him on Instead of the drones and drabs and just, no, let's get behind every single one of our players and wish him well. Yeah, I'll get behind him when he comes off the bench against Wolves and gets the winner. Not just Callum Wilson, but the the club with all the stick that we're getting at the minute, we could build a canny bonfire. Like It's been hard for the club and players because 
whatever's being said is always trying to put us down, which I think obviously is a is a good selling point for the papers. Fans of the top six, shall we say, obviously don't want us to be there and ruin their party. So I can see why it's been done. But to kind of focus on the game there, we had five shots with two on target. In my opinion on Edison, I don't think he's the best goalkeeper. And I think what we need to be doing sometimes is pulling the trigger more. And I think nothing frustrated me more in that Man City game with our lack of actually attempts. They had 11 shots, only three on target, but they made the space to get a shot away. And I think we have been guilty a couple of times just trying to walk it in. So I think, especially coming up mm-hmm. against Wolves and then Forest, I know they've got a good keeper in Jose Saar, good at shot stopping. But at the same time, we need to be really testing the keepers. more. The more shots you have on target, the more if goals are going to come from it, there are going to be mistakes. The keeper might be slightly hidden from the ball or whatever. So for me, that needs to step up in terms of our goal scoring problems. I agree. That's quite a good point. The last long range shot I remember us having was Murphy. And I don't really remember one before that from us trying to shoot outside the box. Like we've picked up a lot of goals within the 18 yard box, like Sean Longstaff's against Southampton, all coming in the 18 yard box. Miggy scored a load outside the box. Bruno scored loads from outside the box. We seem to have stopped that a little bit. Whether the opportunity's not there, I don't know. But let's test them out <laughs> a little bit more. See see what they've got. Who knows? Yeah, don't tap it. Whack it. Absolutely. <laughs> I don't know. This whole thing of teams figuring us out. Do we need to change formation? I'm not sure. I think first step is change the personnel. Put a different team out against Wolves and we'll see where we go from there. For me, Target would be starting ahead of Burn. Or people have actually been touting a potential five at the back. So Burn, Sharon, Botman as a three. And then you've got Trippier and Target as like wing backs, which I quite like the sound of. Then you've got, uh, that'd be like a five, two, one. I can't remember. Does that add up to 11? I don't fucking know. Yeah. Anyway, five, two, <laughs> five, five, two, three, one. Is that it? Five, That's two, too many players, man. Where's the keeper? Fuck's sake. You know what I mean? <laughs> but anyway, five at the back, then you've got like your two holding players in midfield, and then everyone else is up front. Anyway, I think that would be a, a good shout as well, but I think there's lots of like-for-like players that you can bring on. One player who's not going to be in contention is Ryan Fraser. I just wanted to mention this one before we move on. It seems like, oh man, Ryan Fraser, Eddie Howe's best mate, has been demoted to the under-21s. Not sure what that's for. Have either of you seen that story in the news this week? Yeah, apparently Eddie sat down with Ryan and was like, I'm happy for you to continue here, but are you going to have a fight in you to play mm. for the club if you're going to be put on? And I think basically he was just wanting out and away, didn't get his way, and I just think he's not going to have it in him to give all on the pitch. So I think that's potentially the reason why. I mean, if I was him, I would have just maybe done like a mutual termination of the contract and then got your agent to tout the hell out of you. There's still some value in him, aren't there? Well, yeah, I suppose. But at the same time, it would be so much easier later on when we're coming to the summer transfer window and having his wages already ready to go rather than like, oh, okay, like we just offload him now, hmm. just before the summer. Like, I, I would just reckon just do it now because he obviously wants to play football. I just think he, he's gone about it the wrong way. Yeah, well, this is history repeating itself, isn't it? He did the exact same thing at Bournemouth when he was with Howe. I think was the season they got relegated. I mean, this is definitely end of days for Ryan Fraser at Newcastle, isn't it, Gray? Yeah, he's doing himself no favours. And you want players who are up for the fight and it looks like he's just here for an easy ride. We don't want to be carrying players like that. It's probably best to... Draw a line under it. 
yeah, just let him get on and let him be him because he's a very talented footballer and it's a real shame. But if that's what he wants. Only 29. Yeah, he's really? got yeah. another another nine years ahead of him, if not a bit longer. But yeah, it's it's a real shame to see. Nine years? Um, Later 38. Look at Jordan Henderson. Jordan Henderson's not 38. I know he's not, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so why am I looking at Jordan Henderson? <laughs> I meant bloody James Milner, didn't I? Oh, uh, to be fair, he is a bit older. Yeah, I was I say, he's a machine. He is, like. Footballers getting a 39. That's bonkers. Especially not Ryan Fraser. Fucking Buffon? He's about 42 and he's still uh, playing. Goalkeeper's a different He's a goalie. He? Boo. Boo at you, Gray. <laughs> but anyway, yes, yeah, so it certainly seems like it's the end of the road for Ryan Fraser at Newcastle. So I would say good luck. But if Eddie doesn't rate him, neither do I. Again, another really disappointing result against Man City, but as Gray says, there are a few positives to pull from that game and hopefully we can take those positives, build on them and get a result against Wolves who are our next game next week. We'll do predictions at the end for the Wolves game, but before that, there's a couple of things that have been happening off the pitch that we should probably quickly touch on. Amandi, Amanda steerbley has been in the news quite a bit this week for a couple of interviews. I think she was questioned on whether the PIF would be interested in buying something like Man United or why they didn't go in for Chelsea. I think her feedback was they didn't want to buy a super club, they wanted to build one in the same way that Man City have done. And a big element of that is building a multi-club model. So having a number of clubs across a number of different leagues that feed into the same mission and, and ultimately help the other teams grow. Again, immediately touted teams like Dijon in France potentially being part of that multi-club model. I mean, Hodge, is that just too much distraction away from the pitch or is that something you'd like to see? doesn't matter to me, to be totally honest. I've only got eyes for Newcastle United. The only thing that could potentially come out of it is you have a more structured learning system for youth players to go elsewhere if they do look to buy other clubs, but I'm not bothered, to be honest. The number one will be Newcastle United and getting that off the ground and, and using that as their kind of flagship to start with, so it doesn't bother me. Okay. Gray, I mean, any interest from you or potentially it might be quite cool to be nicking talents from different countries and would potentially help us build, but is that just something, if it happens, it happens? What are your thoughts? I guess it all feeds into the big picture, but as long as it doesn't distract from Newcastle United and the ambitions for our club, then I'm all, I'm all for it. If it allows us to loan young players out, get them playing more regular first-team football, whether that be in different countries, different leagues, whatever, it's good, and I think we've got to explore every avenue to make us a more successful club going forward. And I've got every faith in our new owners, and they've got the head screwed on. So Trust in the process. Exactly. Another couple of things happened off the pitch in terms of growing the, the business unit. So I think I was reading on Fabrizio Romano's page that we have a couple of scouting appointments coming up. On the topic of Man City, apparently we've just nicked their national scouting manager, a guy called Paul McLaren. Don't know, obviously, anything about him, but he is set to become our head of UK scouting. Hopefully no relation to Steve. Yeah, fucking hell. <laughs> he probably is knowing us. But yeah, so a new head of scouting in place, potentially happening in like July, but who knows. So, And also, apparently, a new lead scout for the South, a guy called Delroy Ebanks, or not Del Boy, as you said before, Gray, was coming from West Ham, where he was head of academy recruitment. I think I've gone to Hodge on the last couple, um, but for you, exciting to be seeing the club putting more emphasis into scouting? Yeah, and I think it's certainly an area which we need to improve, especially for younger players and 
McLaren was head of the the youth setup and scouting for City, wasn't he? Yeah. To have someone of his experience and caliber. You look at some of the young players that City bring through and it's exactly the direction we need to go. So, I mean, I dread to think how much we're paying for the bloke, but it's all really positive moves. Got loads of money though, don't we? Well, that's what we keep being told. So, uh, yeah, why not? Loads of bloody money. Go for it. And City are a huge club and exactly the, the club we want to replicate, but do better then. Yeah. I wouldn't mind a Phil Foden, would you, Hodge? Oof, that would be good. He's a absolute baller. Got loads of time for Phil Foden. Yeah, turned fucking Dan Byrne inside out, didn't he? Um, but yeah, exciting to see um, some real emphasis. It's, a, again, an area our under-21s team or our academy has certainly been on the back foot, uh, certainly in Mike Ashley's era. So hopefully we can get some real talent up and going from all over the UK and get some more English players in, um, not the likes of Matty Longstaff, who I think's future seems destined away from Newcastle United now. Oh, God. Lots discussed this week. I guess the only thing to do now is probably to end on our predictions for the Wolves game. Monsieur Hodgson, obviously we play Wolves on Sunday the 12th of March at home. What are your thoughts ahead of that game? What are your score predictions? I hope there's a switch up. I think there will be a bit of a switch up in terms of personnel. I think the formation will remain pretty much similar. I am hopeful that we'll break our kind of duck uh, at the minute with the goal scoring. So I'm going to go with 2-1 to Newcastle. Well, fingers crossed. Gray, we're currently sat in sixth in the league after that Man United defeat to Liverpool. So Liverpool have jumped ahead of us. We are four points adrift of Tottenham in fourth, but we also have two games in hand. So what are your score predictions for the Wolves game? Yeah, I think it's going to be probably a bit trickier than it probably was would have been at the start of the season. They said their new manager seems to be really switched on and seems to like changing tactics and even formations at half time. So it's taking Graham Potter to the extreme, I think. But yeah, still confident. And you know what? I'm going to go for a very non-exciting but win at 1-0. Do we have the return of Willie B's ridiculous predictions? I, think <laughs> probably. I wish. I mean, I wish. I'd love to see a 5-0. Go on. I'll throw a bit of a different one out there. I'll go 4-2 to Newcastle. 4-2. Four, 4-2. Two. Four, great two. game. Callum Wilson Hattrick off the bench. Fuck that. Isaac Hattrick <laughs> uh, from the start, if you please. And a Matt Target wonder goal as well. There you go. There's my prediction. Put money on it. Yeah, fucking hell. I imagine what the odds would be for that. Uh, right, that just about wraps it up for this week. Socials. Got to do the socials before Hodgie sends me a very aggressive message. Uh, so you can find us on all major podcasting platforms, uh, Acast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all sorts. Uh, if you type in our name, you'll find us. You can find us on Twitter at TOTC Podcast, on Instagram at TOTC underscore podcast, and on Facebook and YouTube by searching for Talk of the Tune Podcast. Really appreciate if you give us a follow and potentially a five-star review on one of those podcasting platforms if you're feeling so generous. But on that note, we shall end it for this week. Thank you all very much for listening and we will see you in the next one. Bye. Bye. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. 
Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.